Well, we are going to move on to our special segment that is focused around the Oscars, I believe, the 94th Academy Awards. It's yeah. Too long. Get, get it it's too long. It <laughs> we are going to subjectively rank all eight nominees for the best picture. And you're going to um, join the process. I'm not sure if we're going to split this up into a bonus episode for Spotify or we'll include it in this episode. Who knows? But. Yeah, let's bonus. get to that. You want to start at the bottom and move up? For sure, that's like the only way to do it, yeah. I feel like. But <laughs> the only problem is, right at number two, we have to talk about both. Right. If you say number two and then everyone knows what number one is, it might, you know. Okay, so number eight, I really don't know how much we're going to discuss this part or this specific one. I'm going to say Trial of the Chicago 7. That might be... One. One million percent it's trial, and I don't know that I had many good things to say about the movie. All seven other ones were generally favorable for me. Nothing lower than like a seven. And I think that what you said, we gave like an average of a five and a half. Yeah, I think I gave it a did. five, you gave it a six. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly what happened. I said I could yeah. be talked up to a six five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I said the, so. the only positive thing I can say about this movie, uh, good job on the nominee, I guess or the nomination, but the only real positive thing is that it's watchable. But there's nothing to it other than that. It's not, you're not going to go home and change your life or do anything that this movie should have done. It's, you're not even going to look up what happens to everybody because yeah. the text outro just destroys all the mystery. <laughs> Literally, I can tell you an exact better way to spend the hour and a half. Just go read the Port Huron statement. Just go read it. Yeah. It's so much better than that, whatever that movie was. And if you have never heard of it, now you'll get to learn about it and not feel like an idiot when you watch the movie. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Save your time and not feel like an idiot. That's how they should do the advertisement. <laughs> not feel like an idiot? Just go, just go read for your own statement. Okay, uh, I mean... I really think we can move on from number eight. I don't see oh, yeah. any debate that's, in this. That's kind of all the comments. I mean... We could talk about how poor of an actor Sasha Baron Conan was in keeping up his accent. We could talk about it was Aaron Sorkin, how... right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think I think we didn't drill that point in enough uh, when we reviewed it. Is that Aaron Sorkin should make better movies than this? I I I, I don't care uh, what anyone has to say. I don't care if you like this movie. He should make better movies than this. Aaron Sorkin shouldn't. Uh, what was it? Did you watch Molly's Game? I did not. Uh, it, uh, didn't do well. I think movie. I no, think it didn't make any money. It got it got nominated for uh, a screenplay that's, Oscar. That's Aaron Sorkin. Every movie he puts out. That's why this movie is so disappointing. Is because he'll probably no, win best screenplay. No, I thought the screenplay was terrible. He'll probably win it though. That's that's no Aaron way. Sorkin. Not, not a chance. Mank will probably win it. What are you talking about? I would hope Mink wins it. I really hope that wins best screenplay, but I don't know how many. We're, we're going too off topic. From hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, it just, I, I can see it happening because Aaron Sorkin. Now I gotta Google what are the other nominations. He has that pool. Okay, five. he's got that pool. I don't know why people just love his writing and can't get enough of it, even if it's in a mediocre movie. Wait, just... with the father, the father. Right. Well, I don't know if the screenplay set that it's, apart it's, it's because it's based screenplay. off a of play yeah. so best adapted screenplay yeah well yeah best adapted screenplay not best original 
right? I didn't say it was going to be original. Oh, well, it's definitely going to win Best Adapted. Um, yeah, moving on from number eight, I want to say number seven's Nomadland. Um, you can argue it if you want. I think we might be lined up really nicely here. Yeah, Mine number seven's Nomadland. Okay, yeah. that's that's great because and Nomadland of the Watchables was my lowest. Just like there was almost nothing wrong with it. It was just boring. Yes, and it was sad, but it wasn't. It was almost like it wasn't sad. At no point did I want to cry. I was more so like. It was like watching a documentary of someone who lives just like objectively worse off than you, and you feel bad, but you're you like it's not trying to like evoke anything or like get a point across. It's mostly just like here's like a slice of life doc, and you're like, oh, damn. Yep. I, <laughs> I I I agree that this movie didn't really hit my mark, or I guess what I thought it was trying to be the whole movie. It just never really did anything. Maybe, you know what? Maybe uh, I need to uh, be in the grieving process, <laughs> right? And then, and then maybe this movie's you know absolutely fantastic. But so, original screenplays, by the way, yeah. Judas, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sentimental Trial. So it's there for original. So Mank's not even and... on original. No, <laughs> as for adapted, it's The White Tiger, One Night in Miami, Nomadland. The father and Borat subsequent movie film delivery of the just bribe to American regime for make benefit once okay. glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Man, Mank's not on best screenplay, but it's on best picture. That's how that's is that an adapted screenplay? What Borat? Because it was recorded first, and then they adapted <laughs> the screenplay. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's based on the movie that we released. It's a screenplay based off the movie Borat 2. <laughs> Obviously, it seems like you understand it well enough. Um, yeah, I think Father's Winning Adapted, and I would guess that maybe Sound of Metal or Judas over Trial. If Aaron Sorkin wins this, then I've I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, man. This is why I usually don't keep up with Oscars unless I'm uh, talking about it on a podcast, just specifically. <laughs> 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 all right, so yeah, Nomadland is all right. It's it's not a bad movie. I will not say Nomadland's a bad movie. This is a perfect example of doing all of those little moments right. Um, the same thing that I thought Mank did poorly is getting the little moments wrong, not making them... Basically, all the little moments should have been medium moments, and all the big moments should have been... Actually, big moments were fine. I think big moments were good. But in this movie, there was, like, no big moment. And they were all kind of either little or medium moments. And it was great for, like, you know, a scene here. And then, like, three scenes, you would just be like, do I care? Like, why am I watching this? And then you yep. have a scene of, like, ooh, that was, you know, a cool, interesting thing or a beautiful shot. Like, there's a lot of, like, really, like, again, I don't know how much you like you know, the Nevada, Utah, Arizona kind of deserty, but also like a mountainous look. Um, but I was like, this is a really fucking pretty ass movie. Um, Cause it had a lot yeah, of, they're all like, a good know, shots. camping out scenes. Yeah. And outside of that, I went like, 
this is just like I'm actually someone who really loves like the stupid I shouldn't call it stupid because I actually do like it and I don't think it's stupid but <laughs> I think it, it, that, that's a way to make it more uh, approachable for a lot of other people but like people who like live in vans mm. and just like do the thing and like she clearly does that right it, it, no getting out of it but she does it out of like necessity, necessity yeah. and a lot of people do it to like intentionally downsize and change their life up they're like I could work remotely I could you know I want to travel the world I'm young I have more life in me and she's like my husband died i can't afford things i gotta fucking you know basically be homeless like how do i turn my car into my house you know hers was more survival and less like trying to make the most of her life which in a lot of ways is was my problem with it it almost felt like she was so defeated over and over and over again that i was like this is kind of just depressing it wasn't sad it was just depressing yeah I didn't like that sadness. Okay. You know, like I like my notebook. I like that sadness, but. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I turned my uh, notebook a few pages back and I did write some notes on the ones we didn't actually review. Uh, mm-hmm. Nomadland starts by showing a best film award. Um, at Is that least, true? yeah, at least in what I streamed. I think that was on Prime. I, uh, I believe it's Amazon Prime. Before the movie even starts, it shows you that it won some Best Film Award, and that's a really neat way to tell me my expectations should be too high. Should be high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks on that one. And then it was kind of weird, all the uh, all the marketing and all the real corporations and such, all the real logos, which, I'm, I guess, get your budget some way, whatever. But my last and most important critique... This is so just Alexander Payne-ish, or esque. You mm-hmm. know, a guy who did uh, Sideways in uh, Nebraska, that black and white comedy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just so Alexander Payne, just here's some dry wit, um, here's some maybe deep thoughts, some introspection, and there's a movie. There's an hour and a half. It's done. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I just didn't get... I didn't take anything from this movie. There's nothing that uh, spilled over into my actual life. This will just stay no bad lanes. And, you know, I'll think of it when I think of no bad lane. There's nothing else to it. Right. But yeah, that's number seven. And number six, here's where I think it's going to be a little weird. Number six, I wanted to put Mank. Is that... Long. Yeah. Well... Uh, yeah, I put Mink just uh, I for, yeah, just for places. <laughs> just I, I mean, I, we literally just I, discussed it, but yeah, it, it literally for me could have been four, five, or six. These were all really, really close, and for basically sure. the only differences are the subject matter. Uh, and frankly, fuck Citizen Kane. So, yeah, <laughs> subtle differences, very subtle differences. <laughs> fuck Citizen Kane. Um, that's the big one. <laughs> but, yeah, number six is Mank. I, we literally just described how we thought about it, uh, just in case we split this up. We described oh, yeah. it in the last episode. I'm just going to say that, just to cover yeah, the bases. Go yeah, go check out, what is it, 26? <laughs> yeah, episode 26. The, the six-month uh, special. Okay, and I guess we can move on unless, I mean, we literally already talked about it, so... Yeah, no, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Number five with Minari. 
That's where I put it. That was it. my number five also. That okay. was my number five also. That's great. Because I really like Minari. There's a shit ton of charm. There's just an abundant amount of charm within the movie. You think that Mank does characters well, and then you watch Minari and you go, <laughs> right. that's how characters are done. Okay, cool. You can, yeah. And again, it's, it's somehow, like, and I think that's why I put my four and five ahead of Mank was that it's somehow topical and relevant, even though it's not based in present day. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Of course, because Citizen Kane is relevant, because Citizen Kane will always be relevant, because fuck the rich. It, it lacks like, it, it tried to root itself so into the time that it was that it, like, really was reaching to make me, like, really care about it outside of the fact that it was an interesting movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Minari, I could go, like, yeah, I can see how it might be fucking weird to be a Korean family newly moved to, like, Oklahoma and have, like, your actual Korean, from Korea grandmother, like, come live with you. And it's also the 70s. And you're also trying to be farmers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there was a lot of, like, holy shit. Like, you know, so, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I can't say big fan. I think you made me like it more than what I initially liked. Yeah, well, it, I, hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. I yeah, think it's. Uh... I, think, I think I landed with Minari with a like a eight ish. Yeah, I, I believe Minari. As you were saying, I believe Minari just has a lot more substance. It it's able to craft wholly original characters within an hour and a half. You know that you end up caring about, whereas. Other movies that we just talked about, Mank, Nomadland, and Trial, don't really have that character development. Uh, they try. Right. They definitely try. But at the end of the hour and a half, I don't think I cared about the characters or the their motivations, their frustrations, whatnot, or what have you, any of their events, as much as I did Minari, the family, or the family in Minari. But... I also... Yep. I'd like to clarify for the record. Uh, I'm giving Mank a seven nine, seven point nine. Seven point nine. Are we doing that? <laughs> yeah, because I think Minari is like my perfect eight. Minari and is. So yeah. I'm like, if Minari is a perfect eight, Mank can't also be a perfect eight. So it's right there. It's close. The fuck says it can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in case you forgot. Okay. Um. See, here's. Where I think it's going to get a little... Number four, I put Judas the Black Messiah. Ooh. Yeah, this is where it gets a little... Yep. See, my four was Promising Young Woman. Mm. Okay, so... three was Judas. Was your three Promising Young Woman? Uh, you know, actually... Yes, yes, three was promising. Okay, okay, so now we just have to decide which one's three, which one's four. So I, we haven't talked about either movie, in case you want any topics of either movie, if you want to discuss anything. Uh, We didn't get to review these two. Right, so I think, um, and we talked to Judas a little bit when we talked about Trial, so again, if you want to hear a small discussion about Judas before we get into it now, go watch the Trial episode, episode 25. Um, But... For me, these both, again, unlike Mank, could evoke to really topical discussion at the time. Very obviously, Judas deals with the same kind of... Actually, and for whatever reason, there's a lot of socialist talk in these movies. Holy shit, I just realized. Like, yeah. Judas, Trial, Mank, 
not really Minari to any extent. Not really I would argue Nomadland. Nomadland. But the Nomadland. Themes, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like four. There's four like heavy socialist themes and three literally directly tied to big players in like the Western socialist movement. Crazy. That anyway. The damn liberal elite <laughs> <laughs> got their agenda going. Fucking adenochrome sucking <laughs> pieces of shit. Okay, so anyway. Okay. Uh, yep. Besides the obvious socialist thing in Judas, there's like the very clear, relevant, like black history importance that it emphasizes and also like how that relates to current, obviously like BLM movements and stuff. Like there's a lot of good interesting character development and dialogue and like nuances of like black cultures i think they captivated pretty well and similarly with promising a woman and perhaps i just didn't like it as much because i literally am like not a woman and don't really get to experience womenly things unlike judas and mike messiah where you know i've experienced minority hate <laughs> so that is not like something new in my life uh, damn i can't talk and, about either maybe <laughs> <laughs> but like you know again it just talks about like you know, I, maybe not controversial things, but because a majority of moviegoers are white people and mostly men, it's like two things that aren't like super popular in at least, you know, contemporary media. And so, yeah, for those reasons, I, I thought they're both really interesting. But again, the only differences for me, like I think Promising Young Woman's a great movie. I think Bo Burnham did exceptionally well. And I think their chemistry together as a lead male and female, exceptional. Um, I thought the story twist was pretty good. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say I didn't see it coming, but it was a nice little... They could have done a lot of different things, and I'm happy with the way... Actually, even with the first one, where like you assume that she's just like, spoiler alert, stop now if you haven't watched it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I will say spoiler alert, because I really enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would. So pause that, go watch it, come back. All right. Uh, that you, like, you assume that she's just killing these men. At first, I kind of did. I was like, oh, go, like, I'm cool to watch, like, a fucking weird I was thinking it was going to be sexual humilia- humiliation. But... Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, or, or she, you know, she takes a step down from that and just reverse sexually tortures them or whatever. Great. Uh, but no, she's just like, go fuck off, I'm not drunk. And I'm like, women are just better individuals. <laughs> <laughs> if this movie was from the man's perspective, he'd be watching an hour and a half of just gross, sweaty dudes being gross. And you still end up seeing gross sweaty dudes being gross um but obviously they're the antagonists um unlike most movies (laughs) so So, uh, yeah it was really interesting i I really liked it but again i think judas just touches to me personally more and again the only real differences was i just felt more attached to judas like okay so uh i'm just gonna touch up on both of them a little bit pretty much reflect what you said uh judas and the black messiah had some really eye-opening, maybe eye-opening, maybe that's maybe that's the actual phrase, just the actual events, or even some of the characters. As a American-educated uh, white kid, I didn't know Fred Hampton was a person. I had never heard that name. I don't think I've ever heard those words until I watched this movie, and... Even Did though, you watch this before you watched Trial? Yeah, yeah, literally three or four days before Trial. <laughs> the same week okay. I watched Trial, yeah, yeah. Um, but with the way it presented it and the way it was, it almost felt like a gritty 70s detective 
movie, kind of a Dirty Harry-esque with how mm-hmm. it's presented, and especially the score. I thought the music was absolutely fantastic. Um, it actually, you know, led to curiosity about the subject. Yeah, the text outro is a text outro. Uh, whatever. It's, a, it's set in the IRL cinematic universe. There's yep. going to be a text outro. <laughs> the IRL It's senior. kind of the stick now. Uh yeah, uh, obligatory text tro, whatever you want to call it, and you know I really like all that, and it did a lot of good things. But my biggest problem with how conventional it was, I I, I think I sent you a message earlier by saying I was kind of ranking these not purely based on how conventional they were, but movies like Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman. And father, the next you know, the next three we talk about, uh, they're so unconventional, just completely unconventional. Whether it's promising young woman's, you know, story, just it's absolute like how, what she does and her revenge plot and the actual subject matter. I don't know if there that's ever been exactly touched on in a big movie like this or a best sure picture not. nominee. Yeah. Or how it's broken up into those four little, like, vignette acts, kind of. It's not four acts, it's four targets, or whatnot. Um, right. And its ability to go zero to 100 real quick. Instantly, yeah. Instantly. There there scenes where you're just like, okay, this is a movie, that's great. But when she walks into the, uh, the dean's office, or whoever that was... <laughs> It was my heart was pounding within two minutes. You're just that's a great scene. It's insane to me, and so that's why I would put Promising a Woman above Judas because when it comes to just how it was presented, how it was framed, and what it did, it felt a little more unconventional, and that only serves for me to like it better. Like it's you more know what unique. I realized? Huh? Okay, hear me out. I, I might even go as far as to just let them be tied. I don't know that I can ever put Judas below Promising Young Woman, but I'll agree that they can maybe be tied for third. <laughs> um, so I'll compromise a little bit, but I think one of my biggest flaws was some of like the cinematography, but I think it's not the movie. I think I was watching at my dad's, and he doesn't turn off that fucking no, setting. No, bro. no, 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 no. So no. I was like, why does this look like a goddamn sitcom? And I was like, and then the the dude from New Girl that I like okay, hold uh, on. was in it too. And keep your train of thought. Separate. Yep, keep your train of thought, John. Um, <laughs> if you don't know or if you're not aware, most uh, modern TV slash 4K TVs have an option that's called motion blur or auto motion plus or motion sensing cinematic movie plus whatever you want to call it go and turn that off everything looking like a sitcom that's why it it's awful you shouldn't watch movies or tv like it just go turn that off go to your settings right now you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) psa is over (laughs) so yeah uh i just remember thinking like it's so interesting that they chose to like shoot it like this but now i'm like hmm i bet it was just my yeah that's not how it looks at all uh, the beginning like, actually it, totally it, does. It made it, it made it seem really light, mm. or at the very least, made it look like a set, and thus like a soap opera. You know yep. what I mean? Like it's either sitcom or soap opera. You can choose your one, your pick. One's dramatic, one's comedic. But yeah, huh? Yeah. So the beginning, God, that's such a travesty. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like watching it in five K. That's or something. such it's a just, it's, The resolution's so high that you're like, 
Yeah, so at the beginning, there's the, uh, I don't know if there's even credits, but it's like a montage of her dancing or the guys mm -hmm. dancing in the club. I think that actually is a little high frame rate. I think that was with a lower quality camera. But no, that whole movie's not high frame rate, <laughs> just to let you know. Well, fuck. Yep. Well, Need to rewatch it, it again. Really we'll restart this but, list. But it almost made every scene seem lighter. And of course, she plays a very, um, I, I'm not going to say girl's girl, but it's made to seem she's like uh, almost, she's like stuck being like a late teens, early 20s woman, even though clearly she's an adult woman now. Um, and, you know, she lives like in her childhood bedroom and she dresses again like you know a late high schooler and then i was like and the way it's shot it just <laughs> it's like trying to pull, like and it, it was oh it was unsettling in a good way because it was you know it's made to seem so light and the mm. subject matter and everything that's happening is like really dark and twisted and she's kind of fucking clearly crazy as hell um but of course you know it's not it's the very purposeful conversation that you have to have of like well is she at fault really you know what i mean like did she really fuck up or was it hundreds of people before her of the opposite sex who said you might be a scummy piece of shit you know yeah, we're like, pretty good at that <laughs> and, and then even the other complicit women in power you know the dean or whoever it was or whatever yeah. Uh, yeah okay so like I didn't get any lightheartedness from this movie at all. So I'm I'm really wondering how much your perception was warped by that. Yeah, it must have been a lot. There were some comedy parts, there were some comedic parts, but I'm telling you, I was on edge every single target scene. Like, every single time oh, yeah, that I mean, happened, it was just like, boom, instant. I, I was on edge, but I'm saying it's unsettling because it looked light. Like, even in the restaurant that they were eating at, and her and Alice and we were having a little girls talk, I had to, like, remind myself that the words they were no. saying were like she's clearly coming for her and fucking neck <laughs> i mean you know what if we need to put it at four i just want it on record that i want it at three and <laughs> I, I, I need to rewatch it <laughs> you know, listen we'll put promising young woman at four um and then judas at three just for the sake of the and, list no ties and, and 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 here's what we can say too for sure neither of them are top two Yes, right. <laughs> I, I will say for sure. Yeah. Because, I guess without, I mean, we're going to spoil the first one, but at number two, we're going to, I'm going to say, I, I don't want to say we, you know, I don't want to presume, but I would say Sound of Metal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Sound of Metal literally easily was my number one until we watched Father. Um, and... Yeah, the father's too good. Yeah, so, what, I mean, what, similar to three or four, if we want to kind of talk about both and say why we ranked one nine. Yeah, uh, whether it was Sound of Metal, whether it was the score, whether it was Riz Ahmed's acting, whether it was uh, their use of sound design, and I'll even say it again, whether it was unconventional or not, because I don't think this movie was conventional at all, um, which is just a point I was saying earlier. But there's just something about this movie that's so different and refreshing, even though... Oh. Even PSA. though it doesn't do anything, like, it's not blowing your mind. Right. But uh, with emotional value and character development, it definitely does. So, PSA for Sound of Metal. Yes. Uh, if you're at home by yourself wanting to watch a movie and you frequently watch it on a laptop or, you know, if you watch a TV, sh maybe kind of figure out ways to mess with the audio settings. But 
For sure, if you're ever watching on a desktop or a laptop and you have headphones that are comfortable to wear throughout watching an entire movie, highly worthwhile to listen to it with headphones on. Totally different experience. Excellent. Awesome. Because um, the way they, again, splice the audio, it's about a deaf person. It's really interesting. Um, PSA over. <laughs> if they have a sound design award, if this movie doesn't get it, it's over. We're not doing the Oscars next year. I don't care. Uh, this movie deserves every bit of it. The yeah, way sure. they use the sound for actual plot points and almost a continuation of some emotions and thoughts that the main character was having were just expertly used and expertly crafted. Uh, sound of Metal, I'm pretty sure we gave a 9 out of 10. but Yeah, it's a solid 9 for me. Great um, movie. It, I honestly can't even remember why I couldn't give it a 10, but there were a little just like, I think I thought it was a little long, and I think I thought, um, unlike most movies, it was, that was like supposed to be, I, don't, I hate to call them slice of life because I use the phrase too much, but it literally was a slice of life. It was, here's a dude, fictional dude, fictional family, fictional characters, fictional story. And you're just going to swatch like a year of his life at a pivotal point. Um, and they captured that so well. At no point did I go like, who the fuck is this dude? Why do I care about him? Um, and, oh, it was the intro. I hated the intro. Yeah. The music scene went on so long and I felt like it did nothing to introduce the character. So the movie really starts for me right after that, which is fine. I mean, you can choose whatever way you want to start a movie, but I just was like, I mean, again, and the whole thing, when you go back and you think about it from front to end, you go like, yeah, the whole movie's about dude and his music and deafness, so why not start with this loud thing closest to him? Eh, that's fine. You know, I I, I could go 9-5 even. Well, it's see, a really good movie. here's my thing. I, I will argue it out of a 10. This is an amazing movie. I'm not going to detract from that at all. Mm-hmm. But it is not a 10 simply because it's not that it did anything wrong. It's just it wasn't right enough if that makes any sense there or there just weren't you know 10 out of 10 scenes or uh, sorry an overall 10 out of 10 feel there's almost no way to put that into words uh, because i i truly can't describe how i deem something 10 out of 10 other than it just blowing me away or surprising me with its quality but it's still definitely a 9 out of 10 if you said a 95 i wouldn't really argue i'd be you know i'd i'd agree um, it's definitely number two, though. It definitely earns it. Definitely a lot better than <coughs> Trial of the Chicago 7, you know. <laughs> why is that even nominated? I don't know. Man? I don't know. It's actually amazing why that's nominated. But, um, yeah. Our that was literally the only bad movie we watched out of eight. Definitely. Definitely the only arguably bad movie in this whole list, for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. So, number two, Sound of Metal. Uh, yeah, want... I'm totally fine with that. Okay, move on to number number one. one. The best picture to the worst critics is going to be The Father. Uh, Yep. Woo. (laughs) You win (laughs) nothing but our gratitude. (laughs) Truly. You made plenty of money and soon to be several Oscars, I'm sure. Um, And a Tony, I think, right? Because it was on Broadway or whatever. It should have won a Tony, too. I don't know who was Anthony Hopkins, but should have won a Tony, too. Um, I'll I'll start while you uh, look that up. I will say, the father was so good, and 
<laughs> it almost sucks because it's so good that I wanted to start off with. I wanted Riz Ahmed to win Best Actor, and then I thought, oh, Sound of Metal is definitely going to win Best Picture. But the father was right. so good and so just—I don't know what to even say—refreshing, um, innovative. Maybe you know, there's there's some words you could use for this movie that don't do it enough justice with the way they're able to convey a character's feelings and actual, you know, literal mental um, handicap that he's going through and being able to display that through scenes and through script and through casting or, you know, um, usage of characters is absolutely mind boggling. There's, there are only a few movies that I think were <clears throat> have a, been able to achieve this emotional value like the father did or how well the father did, whether it be, you know, the main idea of just his relationship with his daughter or his own sanity, you know, to just the idea of somebody who forgets things. There's just a definite, I don't know, there's a definite 10 out of 10 quality. Right. Right, and as we said before, uh, what episode was it that we talked about? Was it 24? Because it was before this one, it was before Trial. I think it's 24. So, yeah, 24, yeah. Also, listen to us rave about it there. Um, we'd probably do a way better job way after better having job. freshly watched it, but yeah, to piggyback, I mean, or actually, to first mention what I looked up so I don't forget, um, the guy who plays the judge in Trial, Frank Langella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. He played oh. the father in the 2016 one that got nominated for a Tony, and oh, he so... got Best Actor for he got a Tony Best Actor for that. That's and amazing. it was nominated for Best Play in 2016, but did not win. Wow, uh, that's amazing because his terrible. yeah, <laughs> his his well, part. Yeah, his part in whether it was his fault or not, but I will say his part in this character were some of the worst aspects of that movie. Uh, just comedy, bad guy, villain, haha, hilarious, he's a bumbling idiot sometimes. But yeah, that's that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, Anthony Hopkins knocked it out of the park with this movie. Knocked it out of the park. There's... There's almost there's I think I said when we reviewed this movie there's not enough to say good about this movie. Oh, you know why the father didn't win in 2016? Yeah. I had to look up what came out. Did Hamilton come out in 2016? Hamilton, dude. <laughs> we're just and We're canceling the show. The biggest, the biggest fart on earth, dude. Are you kidding me? We're canceling um, the show. Okay, when Hamilton can beat the father, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> nope. I bet the father's a great play. I bet it lends itself entirely to the stage. Um, wow, that's oh that's wait, very actually, actually, I didn't know this. Hold on. So yes. apparently, play and musical get different things. So actually, Hamilton didn't technically beat it. Oh, so who beat it? Is there Hamilton a... did win the best musical in 2016, but called The Humans. Okay, less anger. Maybe The Humans is an amazing. It's fantastic. Okay, the movie's probably gonna come out in like two years. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did Sorry. you did yeah. you want to touch up on the father a bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, to piggyback off what you were going on, um, 
you know, at least in terms of ranking it by innovation, I mean, so fucking innovative. Like, literally Christopher Nolan levels of mindfuckery on this one in the best possible way, almost to the point where you're like, am I demented? Am I? Yeah, like, you're almost uh, tired of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's just like, it's got these really, really fucking, you know, human moments of like, like it's really touching, it's really sweet, like you hurt for the daughter and you're also hurting for the father simultaneously. Um, obviously you're confused for a long portion of it because there's different actors playing the same character and you're very <laughs> troubled by it. Um, that, that's supposedly the same age in the, the next day. Um, and then you figure it out. Uh, spoilers. But, <laughs> <That's sweet. laughs> uh, yeah, like they just did so much with so little and it truly felt like a play in that way. Yeah, honestly, like, sure. but in my opinion, like, you know, I, I like plays. I've been to the theater a few times and I've seen some good ones. Um, and I would argue like Sweeney Todd, the theater production way better than the movie. Um, and I think that's probably the only one I could say for ones that I've seen that are both movies and plays, but like, I can't imagine that the play could do this movie justice. Like having seen the movie first, I'm just like, sold on it being better this, um, just uh, for the ability to perceive the mindfuckery you know what i mean right like how touching can the play really portray itself to be um or how real i guess can something that actually isn't happening feel on the play i mean speaking of the play aspect i'm pretty sure this is the first movie where i want to watch a play you know, I don't know if I ever, yeah. I'm not a huge play theater right, guy. The yeah, so this is the first movie that's able to get me, or at least drive me to watch whatever the, the father, which is adapted from. But I don't think any other movie has done that, so that even bumps it up even more to the 10 out of 10 status. Or that's another positive aspect. What was that? We talked about it on a bit of news a few episodes ago, and apologies if you're listening to this and thinking that we're winding down, uh, but we are, and I had this thought about a play I wanted to watch, but I can't remember the name of now. Something in the news that we were reading about this play about, like, a big fat dude. Oh, you know uh, The Whale. About. It's going to be a movie. with uh, It's going to yes. be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry we've been talking a while my my brain's working less it's an aronofsky movie new darren aronofsky movie that's what it is yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that movie will make me want to watch the play too. brendan fraser i have a feeling is it brendan fraser playing the whale yeah he's gonna be playing the whale yes um interesting yeah i, I mean that's what my memory's telling me i, I could be wrong but i just want to drill on the point that the father is our number one best picture um you know, I I bet we're wrong somehow. I bet something else wins the best picture. They shouldn't. It really shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, we clearly have similar tastes because we had one discrepancy out of eight movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It felt real straightforward for me for most of the picks. I went like... And I could, maybe I need to rewatch Promising Young Woman. And well, out of me. all of them, too. How about like... Re yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Rewatch them on that. Um, of all of them, like rewatchability, is there any that like completely non-rewatchable and or you would choose not to rewatch it 
Excluding number eight, because trial can go fuck itself. I'd probably, I mean, I don't want to just do the low rank one, but I probably wouldn't watch Nomadland again. I, I for sure wouldn't. I don't There's know. No unless, <laughs> I don't know what situation I'd be showing somebody Nomadland for me. If I forgot I watched it, maybe, because I could see that happening like in six, seven years. It, I mean, it, it takes me back to the point of my Alexander Payne-esque. Uh, I, I've seen Nebraska once. I can tell you zero of the jokes. I see it in my head, and that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I get I it. I want to watch Sideways. That's on my list. We might end up watching that one, but I've not watched it. Have you seen yep. it? Yeah, I have. Oh. Yeah, it's Alexander Payne. Have you seen The Descendants? I know. I know it is. And you've seen The Descendants? No, I have not seen The Descendants. No. I actually I, that, that's also on my list, and I also haven't seen that one. Yeah, no, Sideways is just the movie. It's just the movie. Uh, <laughs> Best Picture oh, nominee, I'm pretty sure. But watching. Right. So I think that does it for our little special Oscar segment. Maybe next year we'll keep up with the Oscars a little more, do a little more in depth, maybe other topics or you know, the other nominees for other screenplay too. I feel like those are the two people care about. Yeah. So so maybe maybe this year we'll uh we'll try and keep up with the big names. Unless you had anything to touch up on, John. I kinda wanna just name the actor actress noms. Yeah, go go for it. We'll, we'll in the episode after that. And we're just leading role. No support. I don't care about supporting. Oh, I do care about supporting because I just read the do top both. Nominee. Just we do both. both. All right, actor, leading role, uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, Chadwick Boseman. I never watched Ma Rainey. Rainey. Yeah, I never did. Yeah, but I, but I think that I think we all know why he's not. It's gonna make me sad. Yeah, uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, for the father gotta win. Gary Oldman, Mank could. I win. don't know. He could definitely win. But I would be. I wouldn't be upset, but I would be disappointed. I'd be you know remiss. I mean? I, I would, yeah, <laughs> me too. And then Stephen Yeun for Minari, or the actor. Uh, I think it's Stephen Yeun. But Yeun? What did I say? Yoon. Totally different. Huge difference. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, supporting role, we've got uh, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, which I still haven't seen, but mean to. Um, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal, the dude who's like the Joe... I think oh, the rehab guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, rehab dude. Thank you. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield for Judas. Also, Daniel, uh, I forgot, how do you say his name? Kaliuya? Kaliuya. Yeah. Also for Judas. That, okay, I, I don't know if we touched upon that. He was way better than, sorry, Lakeith Stanfield. He was way better than you in that movie. <laughs> A million times better. Yeah. And also, um, how could you do Fred Hampton so well in Judas, and then literally have him be like the most trivial character, like for one of the most pivotal Black Panther people in its history, mm-hmm. and also just in terms of like, I mean, it's just a part of the civil rights movement for Christ's sake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it, and he's just the dude in court whispering to another dude. Bad in movie. And Move on. Supporting actor. Literally. <laughs> It's so fucked up. And the final nominee for supporting actor, Sasha Barra Cohen for trial. <laughs> That's why I had to mention it because I go, how did the person that wow. me and you both picked out and Hunter too? Hunter, yeah, all, all three, three of us. That was the only egregious acting. Ooh. Him and, and Frank Langella were the only two that like stood out at all for not being good enough. Oh. And I felt like that was more his character than it was his acting, but Sasha, I was like, it's your acting. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
Wow. So I think the Academy, the 94th Academy Awards are this Sunday. Uh, if we'll watch it, who knows? Oh, do you want to hear actress, bro? You oh, oh I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> people don't say the word actress anymore, so it's a dated term. Movie so up. keep on going. No, keep going. Uh, Viola Davis, Ma Ramey's Black Bottom. I still haven't seen it. Uh, Andre Day, United States vs. Billy Holiday. Uh, don't even know what that is, really. Is that a I mean, movie? Obviously, but clearly it's a movie, and she's nominated for Best Actress. So, uh, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. How have I not heard of any of these? What movies? are these movies? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> like it's come out this. That's year. why I figured this year maybe we can keep up a little, keep up on the. Right, uh, right. Yeah, try to try to stay stay woke. The Oscars. Uh, Frances McDormand for Nomadland. I could totally see her winning. I could. See I don't her think winning. she played it poorly. I think she, in fact, she acted pretty I, well. I think she's better in uh, Three Billboards. Oh man, <laughs> that's a real movie. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I hope so. Okay. I hope she wins. I could totally see, I can see and it. enjoy her winning. I feel like Frances McDonald or maybe Viola Davis will win. I, I haven't seen Mulligan. McDormand. McDormand. What am I saying? You said McDonald. <laughs> oh well, no, that's because I just read it too quickly. Because okay. uh, I said McDormand the first time for sure. Uh, all right, then we got supporting actresses. Uh, Maria Bak- Bakalova for Borat. Oh, the younger daughter. Okay. I guess. Yeah, totally. Gross. Uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Ugh. I mean, uh, Olivia I, I, Coleman for the father. Oh, supporting? Yeah. yeah oh, okay, supporting. okay, I can see that. Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, Seyfried in Mank. She was then, really good. Uh, I, I will say she was the accent. She was able to keep that up, which is a a talent, definitely right. a talent. And then um, the wife in Minari, who I'm not going to try to butcher her name. <laughs> okay, uh, you I've know, already butchered plenty of white people's names. I'm not trying to do it with anyone. Else. I mean, really, I think the supporting actress one might be the only one where I'm. I I actually don't know. That's definitely a toss up for me. So Olivia Coleman played the daughter in mm-hmm. The Father. Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought she did really well. I just don't I go, know if she had enough time to shine as a supporting exactly, actress. Exactly. I think Mank. I think uh, Amanda. Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. I, I, I believe she can nab that because uh, she did a fantastic job. So though. we got Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, probably Viola Davis, but I haven't even seen the damn movie. I feel like and we haven't seen half those movies for Best Actress, so we can't even. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess what the Academy would go with, but I'm gonna say Viola Davis because totally. she's obviously a super talented actress. Uh, Was Glenn Close lead actress? No, no, no supporting okay. for Hillbilly Elegy, um, and then probably Seafried? Question. I would assume Amanda Seafried. Uh, I think that'd be big for her. I don't think she's ever... I don't know if she's ever been nominated, so if she won, that would be pretty huge for her. Dude, Trial has way too many noms. Yes, All right, I'm going to talk about it. Yes, it does. Trial's it. a bad movie? PG. Okay, that was... Episode... Always the best. <laughs> that was episode... Tw- oh, my God. <laughs> I can talk over Noah until I get all my sound bites in. I'm done. Queeby. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That was episode 26 of The Worst Critics. This week, we are going to watch Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat. 
and listen to Lil Yachty's new mixtape that I totally forgot what it was called because I didn't write it down. Michigan Boat Boy. We are going to listen to Michigan Boat Boy. God, what a week we have. And <laughs> <laughs> that has been The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And you can actually check us out on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. But we're out of here. We'll see you next week.